Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Well, um, a lot has happened since uh, my wife and I were last here in Kansas City, we uh, came back yesterday. And uh, while we were out of the state, um, a lot of attention has been focused on our city. And I got uh, a number of contacts from around the nation of great leaders asking me, What's, you know, what's going on in, in Kansas City? One particular individual said, aren't you all getting ready to host uh, the NFL uh, draft? I said, I believe so. And, and these kind of things are going on in your city? Thank, thank you all so much. I have certainly been talking with God And um, what, what in the world is going on? What, what's, what's, what's going on? I'm thinking this morning about Breonna Taylor, how she was killed because the police came to the wrong apartment. I'm thinking this morning about Eric Gardner who lost his life on a street corner for selling single cigarettes and the life choked out of him. Thinking about the young man who was just jogging in southeast Georgia, just jogging down the street and lost his life just just, just, uh, just running. I think about George Floyd who cried out for his mother and whenever a grown man cries for his mama that's a sign he's in real pain. But the people who were paid to serve and to protect heard these cries, but it had no effect. And he literally got the life choked out of him, saying a word that is popular now, I can't breathe. Another young man in Cleveland, Ohio, was in a park, a little boy, about 12 years old, 13, playing with a play gun. And the police pulled up alongside of him and took his life. (laughs) 
then I, I, I'm trying to relax and gather myself, and all of a sudden on the news, this, this, this 911 of Kansas City, Missouri, and so my ears went up because they're talking about our city. And then the news reporter said that uh, this young man, Ralph Yarl, Y-A-R-L, just a 16-year-old lad, hear me now, was just knocking on, let's not even say the wrong door, just knocking on the door. You know, like we do for, you know, when we, you know, go to visit somebody or we're, we're trying to get information he just knocked on the door. And the response he got was a bullet in the head. And to try to see to it that he didn't breathe anymore, another shot was fired into his chest or at his chest, but he had his hands up or he wouldn't be alive today to tell his story. And so as I was listening to the news, some of you, because you don't have an ear to hear, or you have dullness of hearing, and perhaps you have dullness of hearing, is because you don't know history. When you know history, you hear different than people whose ears are ignorant. And so as I listen to the news media, which have a lot of responsibility of the mess that's going on in this country, because they're constantly breeding and, and promoting fear, because fear is profitable. Fear sells. As a matter of fact, there were some news medias who had made a decision that their news was going to be positive. And so every day they came forth with positive news and went out of business. Because people did not want to hear about positive things. People wanted to hear about gory, ugly, bad things. And so that's why the media majors on news that makes you sad and afraid. But as I listen to the news with somewhat of a trained ear about world and American history, I heard something from the news media that perhaps many of you did not hear. As they were talking about Ralph Yarl, they start talking about how good of a student he was and what kind of instrument that he played and his aspirations for going to college to be, I believe, a mechanical or an electrical engineer and how he was on a good path of success. And I thought to myself, help me stay safe. What in the world 
does that have to do? Are you telling me that it would be justified if a C student knocked on the door and did not play an instrument and was not on his way to the university? That somehow that would justify? So you're trying to convince the viewing audience not that this man was wrong for what he did, but was wrong for the kind of person that he shot. And I stand here today and declare if it was a failing student that was ADD and in the special class, if he knocks on the wrong door, it is not justifiable to kill him because of the color of his skin. So they're trying to paint a picture. Can't you see? They're trying to paint a picture to satisfy the dominant culture for the judgment that is coming. So that they will feel good that it was not just another black boy. And you're not seeing it. Because if they had their way, they would have swept it under the rug. And I got so excited, and I am excited today. Because I am not at the end, but I can see the end of my journey. And if the Lord tarries, I am hopeful for this next generation. Because they're not as racist as we are. They're not as judgmental as we are. And they're not as afraid of one another. As we are. Please. And so my prayers have certainly gone out to this young man's family like many of you have prayed for the family. And we're thanking God he's recovering and we're believing God for his full recovery. But this incident is a sign of the climate, the culture, the atmosphere, the community in which we live. And it's dangerous. It is dangerous today for a black man to walk the streets. And I want to tell these athletes who are making multi-millions of dollars and doesn't help out to change society at large. You better stay on the basketball court and you better stay on the football field because when you come off the field and you come off the court and you start driving down the same streets that we drive down, your life is at stake. Yeah. 
and the car that you drive may be the very thing that will cause your life to be snuffed out. Because of some policemen, and I know they always talk about not all of them are bad, but I do, I got enough sense to know some of them turned in their white sheets and got a badge. How do you lose your life being pulled over by the police because your taillight's out? They have an incident in Florida right now where a young man got pulled over because the light on his tags. And you don't hear about these things in some communities because they don't get pulled over for expired tags. If you don't believe me, when you're driving down the interstate, look at all the trucks you pass that don't even have a tag on the back. And the police will ride right by them and pull you over. Because your tags expired yesterday. Oh, Jesus. And so today, preachers are donning their pulpits. And many of them won't even address the issue that I'm trying to address right now. And in some of those places, Negroes will be sitting there. And the pastor doesn't even have a clue as to what his members go through when they drive off of his parking lot. Oh, Jesus. So I thought to myself, and I wrote these things down. For those of you who can't hear me until you hear a title, my title today is called Flashpoint. If I were to give it a subtitle, perhaps I would call it The Tipping Point. And I'm concerned because what happened the other day with Brother Ralph, what are the implications? Because the kids are marching. No, 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 you, you grin at me. I, I'm not talking about marching at Central. They're, they're marching at Staley. No, no y'all didn't hear me. I, I'm not talking about they're marching at Westport. Uh, they're marching in the Northland. See, some of y'all don't know, not many years ago, there were no colored folk in the Northland. Oh, Jesus. That was the fight we had when we planted this church here. Because it had never happened in the history of this metropolitan area. We were considered out of pocket. And who does that preacher think he is? I'm just a man who's not afraid to obey God. So, so let's, let's go ahead here. Uh, give me nugget number one. I could go another way. Well, maybe I will for a moment. Someone cornered me in another state and they were um, 
they were trying to pick my mind, really trying to put me in a corner about uh, President Biden and uh, former President Trump. And, you know, you know, I pray for whoever's in the office because that's what the Bible says. But, you know, you know I, I haven't, you know, been here long, but I have discovered every president that I've set up under, all of them lied. <laughs> because if everything they said they were going to do, if they did it, we wouldn't have the issues that we have today. I, I call it the the, the, the flashpoint, the tipping point, is because America, and I have to qualify myself because people think that I'm anti-American, I'm not. I'm a Vietnam veteran. I have five sons. All of them served in the military, and three of my five sons went to war just like I did. So, so don't throw stones. Uh, I, I, I love this nation. I put my life on the line for this nation. But it is time for this nation to love the people who love her to love them back. All of her citizens. But who, oh, thank you. You see, we get in trouble in this country and we're confused because... <laughs> Watch this. And this is not a trick, but, but I just want you to see. How, how many of you are American citizens? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Raise your hand if you're an American citizen. Okay. It's not a trick question. Boy, some of you still wouldn't move. Okay. Raise your hand if you're not an American citizen. Okay. Raise your hand if you're an American citizen. Okay. Don't be offended. But if the founding fathers had you in mind when they drew up the Constitution, then we wouldn't have the issues that we have in America. We have the issues that we have in America because not everybody in America is viewed as an American citizen. And you're wondering how in 2023 that these ancient views are still prevalent today that have so divided our nation. We are just as divided as a nation today as we were from the foundation. The, the foundation was wrong. You see, when your foundation is wrong, anything you build on it will be wrong. That's why America is having such pains today, because her foundation was wrong. And so what do you do to fix a foundation? The first thing you have to do is repent. But she will not repent because she's arrogant. You see, when the Europeans first came to the shores, uh, they, they saw people already here. Um, 
uh, uh, they were, were native. No, no, it wasn't Native Americans. The Indians didn't call this place America. They were, they were native Indians. Well, let, let, let me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. When, when the Europeans came, they didn't call them Indians, they called them savages. Because to, to, to mistreat human beings as non-human, you have to give them another title. Because it is inhumane to treat another human being lesser than a human being. So the Indians received them, the Europeans, as humans. But the Europeans perceived the Indians as savages. And so the the colonization began to be engaged in this nation and around the world. You better hear me today. And the reason that racism is still prevalent in this country, like it is, is because it was in the fabric of the formation of the colonies. Are, are, you all, are you all with me? That's why Hitler was able to do to the Jews what he was doing is because the European world, by and large, embraced the same philosophy. And what Hitler was trying to do to the Jews, there's a certain element from the European nations that are trying to do the same thing to African Americans, is make you extinct. And the reason most of the pressure is on the black man is because the white man has never been afraid of the black woman. It's not black girls that are in danger. It's your sons. Oh, Jesus. I know I'm messing with them now, Lord. See, some of you don't know, and some of you have been to the universities just like I've been to the universities, and you esteem Aristotle and Plato and Socrates, but what you fail to understand, without Plato, without Aristotle, without Socrates, you wouldn't have racism in America today. Because Aristotle, Socrates, and Plato, their philosophy was Grecians, like you Greeks that are sitting up in here. So you have to go back and and dig to the foundation as to why are you hated because of your big nose? What is it about your skin color? that puts you in danger and at risk? Why is it that when you walk into an all-white department store, everybody watch you? 
thinking you're going to steal and you got a pocket full of money. And nobody has to say anything. You can feel it that you're under surveillance. And then our white brothers and sisters, they get tired of hearing messages like this because they don't have to live what we live. Because America is not equal. And it never has been. There's been two nations running side by side. And the complication is, is that one group of people have always tried to assimilate with the other group of people at their rejection. Instead of stop chasing and start building your own. And so if you study history, the reason you're hated, just like the Jew was hated, for the figuration of their anatomy, you have to go back in history and, and gather how this, this philosophy, this ideology got into the earth through the Grecians. Because the Grecians believed that leaders were endowed by God. And there were certain physical characteristics chosen by God of those who would be the leaders and those who would be the slaves. This is hundreds, thousands of years before America ever existed. Well, how did it get in America? Because that philosophy was brought over here from the Europeans. And the Grecians believed that you had to have a certain shaped nose to be a leader. It had to be pointed. Well, I'm out, most of you too. They believe that you had to have blue eyes. And I know some of you, yeah, but those are contacts. This, you're laughing, but this is what they believed. That if you had fair complexion, blue eyes, stringy hair, and a pointed nose, and thin lips, that you were endowed by God to lead everybody else who did not look like that. And most of you are looking at me like you didn't have a clue. You never heard this in your life. That's why racism still exists in this nation. And what happened in America is not much different than what happened in South Africa or Australia or any other country where the colonizers went in and colonized the people. And so often, perhaps you have wondered, how can people, your white brothers and sisters, as it were, how can they say that we're brothers and sisters and carry the attitudes that they have towards you? Are they reading the same Bible? It's getting hot in here. Is it me? 
or is it the message? For those of you who've been scratching your head, wondering when is this stuff, this mess, this diabolical mindset, when is it going to change? And right while this young man had been shot in the head, this country goes on playing NBA finals like nothing's happening in the world. As soon as we look at what's going on with Ralph, you're on the news for five or six minutes, we change the channel to watch the NBA finals. Totally desensitized with what's really happening in the world. We're just acting like the Roman Empire. This was the philosophy. This is what they believed. That's why Hitler was able to do what he did concerning the Jews. You called him a madman, but it was more than just a madman. Hitler had the blessing of the church. Hitler could not have done what he did without the sanction of the church just like you could not have slavery in America without the cooperation of the church. You can call me predominantly the Southern Baptists. You're evangelicals. Who you will step over me to follow. And I'm not mad. You've been conditioned that way. You better hear me today. Listen to me. Stop calling your children docile. Stop calling them, uh, 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 they're, just, they're just reserved. Uh, why don't they speak up? Well, they, they just, you know, that's just not their personality. They're just not real for it. That's a lie. It's human nature for you to speak up when you're being done wrong and injustice is coming towards you unless you've been trained to do otherwise. Just like what I'm preaching now is scaring some of you. Because I wasn't trained to close my eyes to injustice. I am, ooh Jesus, I am following the footsteps of my leader. And my leader did not close his eyes to injustice. He did not close his eyes to the poor and the needy. He did not close his eyes to the sick and the feeble. He did not close his eyes to the widows. Talking about Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. Come on, don't patty cake, do it right. So when injustice was prevalent, Jesus didn't operate and walk around Jerusalem like he didn't see it. When a hooker wanted to get out of hooking. 
Jesus didn't pass her by and leave her in her dilemma. Jesus set her free. It was the religious world that got upset that Jesus was talking to a prostitute. And I want some of you today to know that religion has never been your friend. Are you listening to me? Religion has never been your friend. It was religion that justified your enslavement. And quiet now all around the world they're getting a history lesson because the status quo would say what I'm preaching today is not Bible it's not gospel but the devil is a lie because true gospel will set you free not put you in bondage but true gospel will transform your thinking so that you'll know you're not a slave, but you are the redeemed of the Lord. That you're not at the bottom, you're at the top. Are you listening to me? I'm speaking this truth because I'm trying to wash out of your mind all of this religion that has put you in bondage. All this singing and broke. All this singing and frustrated. All this dancing and can't pay your rent. That was not God's intention, and that's not how he set up church service. As a matter of fact, my leader didn't even have a choir. As a matter of fact, my leader spoke to a larger crowd than I'm speaking to today, and he did it without a microphone. And my leader, when people came to his service, they left change. Those who wanted to change. Good God of mercy. Is this helping anybody at all? So put up nugget number one again. Let me try to get out of this. Ready? Read. Somebody got to cry out for our nation. We need to be crying. I mean, crying before God concerning our nation. Our nation, America, has made it legal, law, for babies to be killed. Haven't you read the book on what God did to nations that killed the babies? Just... A day or so ago, the United Nations are passed a decree that it is okay and is not unlawful for adults to have sex with minors. Right while you're sleeping and dancing and singing your praise songs, the United Nations said it is no longer a crime. 
for your adult teacher to have sex with your 12-year-old daughter or son. Why are you looking surprised? It's going to be more filled because any nation who will justify killing babies will kill anybody. I said it years ago, and we're closer now than ever, and I'm really concerned because I'm getting older because if a nation will kill babies who haven't lived, what will they do with senior citizens who they think have lived long enough? So you seniors better not cough too much. And you better not walk too slow. Because they make a judgment that you're no longer necessary. That we can decrease, we can decrease the bottom line of health care just by putting you to sleep. And why give medicine to somebody who have lived 70, 80, or 90 years when there's somebody who needed who's only seven years old? Sounds far-fetched, doesn't it? Abortion, legalized abortion, sounds far-fetched a few years ago. And then they play this game with us that causes us to fight one another. Republicans on this side, Democrats on this side, hey y'all. As though one of those parties is going to make a difference. I told you somebody tried to corner me, you know, pit me with, you know, by who's my choice, you know, this coming election. And I didn't choose either one of them. I didn't choose the one that's in and I didn't choose the one who's trying to get back in. I thought it was an indictment against our nation. I said, out of 300 and something million people, the real crime is that they're the only two we have to choose. You mean to tell me out of all the people on, in this country that all we can find is two, two men almost 90 years old? That's an indictment against our country. That means that we're not developing new leaders. And so what I've come to discover, the reason that they don't make a difference is because politicians don't make a difference. All politicians are concerned about is power. So that means all they're concerned about, no matter what party you're a part of, all they're concerned about is staying in power. So, so, so once they get elected, all they're concerned about is being reelected. That's why nothing basically changes no matter who's in, including President Obama. I'm not saying he didn't make a difference. No, no. Now, don't push me. I'm already almost at the edge. He did what he could do. 
it was very difficult for him to do what he did because of the founding fathers and the foundation that was laid. Let, let me give you something. This country wasn't designed to give democracy to everybody. So that automatically creates an issue because you're fighting for your right. You know, gays, people, or, you know, the LGBT community, they're fighting for their rights. Asians fighting for their rights. Black folks fighting for their rights. Uh, uh, white folks fighting to hold on to the rights. Are you listening to me? And everybody's all at odds with one another. And the reason they're at odds with one another because nobody's being taught. The, the, the people who are coming to this nation are not being taught the true history of this nation. And most of you sitting here, you don't know the true history of this nation. All you had from school was American history. And American history was a lie. They brainwashed you with a lie so that you would not fight the system. Then they handpicked preachers so that when you went to church, they would reinforce what the dominant culture said was the law. And then God raises up somebody from the backside of the mountain named Steve Howe who don't care what their law says. that come with a word from God in his mouth that if you'll receive it, it will set your mind free. Most people don't even know this. The power structure does because they're, they're resting on that foundation of the power structure that was established by the founding fathers. For many of them were slave owners. So when they wrote the laws, they didn't write laws for you to be free. You were property. And they still treat you like your property. And when you don't act like property, they lock your behind up. For breaking the law of not acting like your property. And so millions of our brothers are incarcerated today for a crime that is legal today. Most of the legal panhandlers of marijuana are white men with all of these dispensers everywhere, while brothers are still in prison for selling a single bag of weed. So now they're passing laws where marijuana, if they call it uh, medical marijuana, and they got dispensers everywhere. But what are they going to do with the Hundreds of thousands of black men who they've destroyed them and their families. Over a $10 bag of weed and give them 20 years. 
they're still in jail while marijuana is legal today. Why don't she repent for what she's done and let those men out and go home and be with their families? But you're too arrogant. And you don't want to say the real truth. The issue was not the marijuana. No more the issue was liquor. The government made liquor illegal until the government could sell it. And when the government could tax it, then bootleggers went out of business. Now that the government can tax marijuana, the dope man on the corner is going out of business. Because you don't sell it on the corner, you put a dispenser machine. In the cafeteria at church, for the pains, aching pains of your members. This country wasn't designed to give democracy to everyone. America, say America. Here we go. If you don't get this right, you're going to stay confused. America, say America. America America was designed for white males. Go back to the foundation, even white women didn't have privileges. You see, you're never going to get where you need to go until you understand the foundation. You'll just keep circling the mountain like many Negroes have done and think they have gone somewhere because they can live in a neighborhood and be the only one in the neighborhood who looked like them and they call that progress. Mm. But America was designed for white, free, free. Say free. America was designed for free white males. Free. Because all white males who came to America weren't free. Some of them came as servants, indentured servants. And the difference between them and the slave is that they could work off their debt. And your debt as a black person was for a lifetime and your children. They call it chattel slavery, which just simply means that blacks in America were like animals. That's why they were able to treat you the way they treated you because in their psyche they had reduced the thoughts in their minds about you as a human being that you were no better than a dog. That's why they would feed their dog better meals than they would feed the slave. That's why they didn't feel bad for hanging you or beating you to death and then go home and have dinner. Leave church to go to a hanging. Study your history. Leave church service, supposedly worshiping Jesus, and go to a service after the service for a hanging. And felt no condemnation. 
because they had embraced the Greek philosophy. That people who did not have pointed nose, thin lips, stringy hair, pale skin, were not endowed by God to be the leader, but the follower. And they believed this. That's why Hitler exercised no remorse for killing Jews who were dark-headed, dark eyes, big noses, and not too small lips. A few of them tried to pass, just like some of you. But he thought he was on a mission and sanctioned by God. That's why the average white southerner think that they've been endowed by God to dominate you. And it comes through their preaching on Sunday mornings. And you learn how to sit there and be comfortable and stay in your place. And think you're better than the other Negroes because they don't go there. Because they can see. And then the master don't like me because he wants me to act like I can't see, but I can see. Just like my leader could see and spoke against injustice, still talking about Jesus. Nugget number two. Read. On the same path. One of the major signs of the fall of the Roman Empire was homosexuality. But most of you didn't know out of the 14 emperors of the Roman Empire, 12 of them were homosexuals. Out of the 14. See, you didn't know what you were looking at because you didn't know history. You didn't understand when you were growing up and they would teach you history and, you was, and the emperors that they would show you from Europe or from Rome would have little boys always sitting around the throne with, with little wreaths on you thought it was cute. But you, you thought it was just little, but the little boys was for the emperor. Are you listening to me? That's why the Catholic Church was so infiltrated with certain things. And the Protestants too. Ooh, Jesus. Nugget number three. God is absolutely unchangeable when it comes to his dealings with a sinful nation. This all the scared. Well, the reason I come to discover why so many Christians are not afraid right now is because there's so many Christians who don't read the Bible. You'd be amazed if people say they're Christians and they flat out don't know the Bible. You'd be amazed at people who will quote scriptures to you and still don't know the Bible. It's 
it's amazing to me what there are people who tell you this is what God said and God didn't say that at all they're saying they don't know what they're talking about because they don't know the Bible because so many Christians don't study Because it's hard not to change when you study. And nobody can hold you in bondage when you study. That's why the slave master didn't want you to read. And some of us are still, you know, engaging in the practice. You didn't catch that. You got in trouble if you could read. You get in trouble today if they deem you too smart. You don't get promoted in corporate America if you give off the vibe that you're smarter than the CEO unless you are submitted to the CEO. as long as you will be his boy. And there's no different in the church. I refuse to be anybody's boy. I'm not a boy. I am God's man. A man of God. <laughs> so America was designed for free white Protestants. America was designed, you need to hear this, for free white Protestant males. Middle class and up. Because the poor whites were not included. Poor whites didn't qualify. As a matter of fact, uh, middle-class whites and upper-class whites don't fellowship with poor whites today. Oh, open your eyes and see. They don't even go to the same church. The kids don't even play together on the playground because in many cases, they don't even go to the same schools. And so the okie doke is on the poor white being brainwashed and thinking that the blacks that have some measure of success, that the only reason they're having a measure of success is because those blacks got your wealth. So the poor whites can't stand the blacks because they think the blacks got their stuff while the real culprit is in a corner laughing at everybody. Well, y'all looking at me strange. It's the truth. Upper class, middle class whites do not fellowship with what they call poor whites. They don't even marry each other. You saying amen earlier, say it now. 
Are you all listening to me? Those who agree with the prevailing political status quo and those who own property. That's why it was illegal for slaves to own property. That's why you've heard me from the time you set your behind in the pew to own because property is power. Singing is good and praising God is an awesome thing, but after you get finished singing and after you get finished praising, go buy some property. Because the powers that be, they don't understand your singing. They don't understand your praising, but they understand when you got property. And you'll know they're understanding because they'll send you letters in the mail without you soliciting it, trying to ask you, do you want to sell? Nobody helped me preach today, but that's all right. So in 1960, JFK in my lifetime, now I understood why there was such a commotion when JFK became the president of the United States because he defied the status quo. For the first time in the history of this nation, somebody other than a Protestant became the president of the United States and it caused an uproar because JFK was a Roman Catholic and we haven't had another one since until the one we got now. Because America was not designed for Catholics to run the show. America was designed for free, upper class, uh, middle class, white Protestant males to run this nation. That's why they left Europe. And JFK got in. And when he, in my lifetime, some of you are too young to know, but he started talking about civil rights and equality. And we know what happened thereafter. They killed him. Later on, another man came along, talked about civil rights and equality. And they killed him. I know you're going to say Martin Luther King, but there was another one that was just as powerful at the time, and you don't hear it. Talk from the pulpit or in your books. But there was another man running side by side just as influential, and perhaps with the younger folk, was more influential, which was Malcolm X. But the dominant society had to pick a leader for the color folk who were protesting for equality. And they chose Martin Luther King. Why? Because he was more readily and easily to control. So today, you hear about Martin, but you don't hear about Malcolm. And I won't say his name anymore because it'll scare some of you. I'll just say X. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, 
It's no different today than it was then. I know some of you, I've made you extremely uncomfortable. Just like the slaves, you were uncomfortable with the house slave. When the field slave was saying, hey, let's run away, the house slave said, for what? And the only reason the field slave got caught in many cases is because the house slave told the master what they were planning just like you're doing me now. Man, if we don't get out there and do something with that pastor out there on Fort Grand North Portland, I'm telling you, they're going to take the whole Northland. You darn tootin'. We came to take over. We're king's kids. We're dominators. And you can't hold us back. Please, please sit down. Let me say this without, without tears in my eyes. Please let me say this. Please let me say this. Because I don't understand some of you who want to forget the price that was paid by your grandmama and your great-grandmama and your great-great-grandfather who were treated worse than animals. I stand here today fighting tears because I don't know how they survived. But we know this. If they had not survived, You wouldn't be sitting here. What kind of people were they? What kind of faith did they have? How did they sing with their backs beaten open with whips, singing about a better day? And now we get to this better day and we don't want to talk about them. We're ashamed of them and we let other folks tell us that what they did is not important. That their history doesn't matter. And you house. What you fail to realize as house-colored folk, if it wasn't for the field, Negro, you wouldn't have been in the house. You'd have been in the field. But in many cases, the field Negro was in the field because he would, she would not comply. And I can get around you for five or ten minutes and I can tell who your descendants were. I come from strong stock. Ain't no sense of me denying who I am. I am who I am because of what I came from. 
Mr. Jonesy wasn't scared. Mr. Quincy wasn't scared. All the way from Cameroon, amen, the Bamleki tribe of which I come from are strong warriors, entrepreneurs, innovators. That's what I come from. And you're the same way. You're here today because you come from strong stock. We're the only people on the planet that have gone through what we've gone through and we're still here. They said you were too dumb to play basketball. Watch it this afternoon. They said you were too dumb. Your brain wasn't formulated right for you to be the quarterback. That cancels my home. Are you listening to me? They said you couldn't run. That the way you were made, legs like a horse, that you couldn't run. And then Jesse Owens goes to the Olympics and defies the third right. No, don't get too happy because he, go, he goes over and he represents America. He's not an American. Jesse Owens represented America. He was not an American. He represented America and went over to Germany and, and just obliterated all kind of, 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 of records and defied the Third Reich who were purporting that they were a superior race. And Jesse Owens, a black man, went over to Germany representing America. You're going to find out in a minute why I said representing. I say representing because when he came back to America, he couldn't even get a job. And when he finally got a job, he got a, lot, a job as a janitor. For defying the third right of the German Empire by breaking all those records. Are you all listening to me? Catch this. They said you couldn't play basketball because you weren't built right. Watch the games this afternoon. They said you couldn't play football, that you were too slow and that you were too dumb and you certainly couldn't quarterback. Watch who gets drafted here in Kansas City in a few more days. Watch who gets drafted first. Who gets drafted second? Get drafted. No, no, look, point man, but you're not catching it. Why is the status quo so afraid of you? Oh, hold on, you see. The slave masters wouldn't have to try to convince you that you were dumb if you were dumb. They wouldn't make it against the law for you to read if you couldn't read.
Are you listening to me? You don't have to tell a dumb man that he's dumb. Unless you know something about him. That he doesn't know about himself. And the way to keep the status quo, the status quo is that you brainwash them in turning on each other. That's why you're, you have to fight jealousy and envy when somebody who looks like you start rising to the top. But you don't have a problem when the master's got it all. You only have a problem when you see another Negro driving a Mercedes. You didn't even pay attention to the other 15 that went by you. Because you've been brainwashed. Lord Jesus. Are you all listening to me? And that's what Jesus came on the scene to do. God, my time is gone. But Jesus came, church, not to bring another religion. And we emphasize Christian, Christian, Christianity, Christian, Christianity so much, it almost makes you sick. Because it was Christians who enslaved you. It was a Christian on the job who got you fired. It was a Christian that burned a cross in your front yard. It was a Christian that hung your grandfather or your great-grandfather because he or she had a piano and the master didn't have one. And today, no white man has to hold you back. Black folk will. They'll do the master's bidding unless they get their minds renewed with the word of God and not religion. Jesus, his first statement when he embraced his ministry after his cousin baptized him in the River Jordan, he didn't talk about Christianity. He talked about the kingdom. And the reason our religious practices today in America are so messed up is because we don't understand kingdom. That's why you don't live any better than you live because you don't understand kingdom. You think you have a choice. Democracy was not a God idea. Democracy came from the Greeks. From which we practice some form of democracy in this country. And the powers that be, 
They don't care about democracy. You saw that on January the 6th. If it means losing power, open up your eyes. Stop allowing these news networks to seduce you. Talking about the immigrants at the southern border. Well, what about the people at the northern border? And why are the people at the northern border, why is it they have more prosperity than the people at the southern border? You better wake up and see. And the gospel of the kingdom. Can I just take a little sip of water? The gospel of the kingdom. I'm not talking about Western colonialization gospel. But the gospel of the Bible. The gospel of the kingdom of God. It liberates you. It does not put you in bondage. If you're going to a church and your mind is not being liberated, you are in the wrong church. You should be learning about your freedoms in Christ Jesus and your dominion as a child of God. That you take on an attitude that nobody can, can hold me back. I know this message today was a little challenging for some of you. But what did you want me to say? A little boy in our city got shot in the head just for being black. And I know some of you black folks, you're not black. I understand that. I understand that. But, but I got black sons who done had some black grandchildren. And I want to leave this society better for them. I don't want to be afraid when I send my grandson down the street to the store to get some gum that he's going to come back. I don't want you to be afraid driving down the interstate and the police pull behind you and your hands get sweaty and you haven't done anything wrong. I don't want to have to preach your funeral because the policeman pulled you over because your taillight was out and you made a sudden move that he or she felt threatened. and blow your brains out for you reaching for your registration. And all he has to say to not go to jail is that he felt that his life was in danger simply because you're black. And we're going to continue to have these issues putting all these white men in predominantly black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm, yeah, that's all right. 
You're not going to put a bunch of African-American policemen in Overland Park because they're not going to stand for it. And I'm not saying, don't go out here saying that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with white police officers, but I think they ought to live in the community that they patrol. Put that in, put that in it. I think they ought to live in the community that they patrol. Why? Because when you live in a community, you have an invested interest. And until we change this philosophy and change our minds, we'll have more issues because some of you know it to be true. Some of the most challenging times you've had dealing with police officers, it wasn't a white police officer, it was a black one. Just like they beat that man to death in Memphis, Tennessee. It was like a pack of wolves. And you thought to yourself, how can these black police officers beat another black man? Like that, knowing what we've gone through in this country. What kind of mindset do they have to have? As a matter of fact, this country would be in an uproar today if those police officers in Memphis would have been white. Are you listening to me? And so I, I, I better close. Uh, they, they put up a sign for me. They put it up because social media will kick off messages like this. Because they want you to believe once a slave. But God will always send a deliverer. Oh, oh, don't clap. Because the people that the deliverer is sent to, more often than not, is highly misunderstood. And eventually, the people who are being delivered hates the person that God is using to, for their deliverance. And as they were coming out, they began to chide and murmur and complain against Moses. But I'm here to tell you today that I may not get with, there with you with what God has started in this ministry. But one day, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, I believe if God tears is coming that this nation is going to be delivered from this polluted gospel, from these polluted leaders, from these racist preachers, who I don't call pastors or leaders at all. But we'll begin to get back to preaching the unadulterated word of Almighty God. And we'll minister the gospel not from a Euro-Western hemisphere perspective. But we'll minister the word of God from which it had come. This is an Eastern book.
And this book is not about a democracy. This book is about a theocracy where you don't have a say. Your say and my say is whatever God says. So from this day forward, you don't have an opinion. When somebody asks you, well, what do you think? You don't think anything. You take the position of the kingdom that you represent as an ambassador. Well, what do you think about what's going on in America? Well, I don't really think anything but of my position from the kingdom that I represent, which is the kingdom of God. He created all men equal. There's neither male nor, male, male nor female, Jew or Gentile. For every person who's received Jesus is a child of God and they're in the kingdom. And in the kingdom, my God, the king of the kingdom, he supplies all their needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In the kingdom that I represent, the Bible says that by his stripes in my kingdom, you can be healed. In my kingdom, the Bible says that no matter what you face or come against, that my God, amen, will do. And when the enemy comes against you in my kingdom, my Bible says that the kingdom of my king, that he'll lift up a standard against the enemy. So everything I have is not mine. It belongs to the king of my kingdom. And the words that I speak, they are not my own. They're the words that represent and dictate it from my kingdom. Jesus said, only do what my father, who's the head of the kingdom. I only say what I hear my father, who's over the kingdom. I came to this world not to do my own thing, but to do the will of the one who sent me from the kingdom of which I represent. Are you listening to me? And so I pray that this nation will start to minister real truth because the Bible says you shall know the truth I like to put it this way, the truth that you receive. Because you can also reject truth and stay in bondage. But when you leave here today, I want you to know that there's no barriers. There are no obstacles. Nothing can stop you from being the best you but you. And if I can just get you to love you like God loves you, you will stop desiring and dreaming about being somebody else. If I can just get you to embrace what I've just said, healing of insecurities that happen right now and low self-esteem. Some of you will never get married until you raise your attitude about what you think about yourself. 
And if I can just get you to believe that the way that you're made is exactly what God was after. That you will stop trying to be somebody else. But engage on developing to being your best self. Everything about you, God wants to use. Everything that has happened in your life. My dear brother from the continent of Africa, your journey from Africa to here is not just an accident. God wants to use it. And I'm here to tell you, my brother, I love you like my son, but don't you forget about the Congo. Don't you ever forget about your brothers and your sisters in Africa who need your guidance, who need your leadership, who need your wisdom and your knowledge. Because whenever you want to be somebody other than the way that God made you. You are sick. And sick people don't need a husband. Sick people don't need a wife. Sick people don't need children. Sick people need healing. I pray, God, for people in this nation who have never been adequately ministered to. They're saying now, like it's just happened, of all of the mental illnesses that we're finding in our society, it didn't just happen, it's been there. You cannot enslave people and not create mental illness. People cannot be slaves for over 200 and something years and then you release them and they are mentally and emotionally okay. And I believe, Father, that the only hope for sick people, really sick people, I believe their only hope is Jesus. He alone is the heart fixer and the mind regulator. I pray, God, that you would release the healing balm of Gilead over the minds of the people who are descendants of wrongdoings. I pray, God, that you step out of bounds, that you step over the line. I pray, God, that you will ignore the flag that has been thrown by the officials and touch our hurting people who are hurting 
so badly that they kill one another. That are so distorted in their psyche that in many cases they hate one another. Jesus, we have come to a place in this nation of a severe need that only you can address. Heal us. Heal us all. Because the descendants of slaves have been scarred and the descendants of slave masters have been scarred. Into this erroneous mindset that divides us, God, only your word can bring us together and truly make us one so that we can be a light to the world that in and through Jesus Christ alone can humanity come together and dwell in harmony. I ask these blessings in Jesus Christ's name, Father. Let the healing begin in this room and permeate our city, our state, and our nation and make us one according to the Bible. Because a house divided against itself, America, with all of your military might, according to the word of God, you cannot stand. Nobody destroyed Rome because Rome was too powerful militarily. She crumbled from within. Nobody can come and destroy America with all of America's military might. But if we're not careful and repentant, we're on a path of crumbling as a nation from within, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.